welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. We continue to bring you uh, podcasts and information for guys before, during, and after divorce and all things related to family law. And again, today's topic is no different. It's the first one that we haven't touched in uh, about 13 months, which is good. It's talking about college, educational costs for kids and divorce, and it's always a hot topic and, and it varies by state to state. But keep in mind, we make sure we can't give you legal advice here can't replace the importance of a consultation, which is key. So if you want to reach out, you can check us out at cordellcordell.com. You can give us a call at 866-DASLAW. Check us out across social. Make sure to tune in to the next virtual town hall. You want to get more information on that on our website. It's where you can get log in live, ask questions, and get answers from our Cordell and Cordell panel of attorneys right then and right there. So check out our YouTube page as well. It is full of information podcast just like this you want to subscribe to this podcast you can get an update every two weeks or every twice each week i uh, want to keep up and uh, reach out to us so today anthony over in mount laurel new jersey welcome thanks for having me scott so college costs i know uh, in my you know practice it's uh, missouri changed its laws gosh it's probably been sometime in the 90s when uh, we started making college education and the allocation of those costs required for divorcing parents. And I know it went up to the Missouri Supreme Court. There was all these challenges, you know, because guys are thinking, well, you know, I don't want to. And what's the situation? So maybe we can talk a little bit about your perspective in Jersey, what's going on and what are the rules there? And we'll just keep on going down the list and talk a little bit about what guys should be expecting. Sure. So in New Jersey, similar to, to your area, um, in 1982, the court did allocate um, each parent to have some responsibility towards college contribution. In New Jersey, there's 12 factors. Um, I'm not going to go through each factor because we don't have enough time, but there's 12 right. factors that the court considers. Um, one of the major issues I deal with with college contribution, and I'm sure many attorneys do, is parents who get divorced from their children are of a young age don't think college contribution or tuition is relevant. And they say, okay, we'll put it off. Well, unfortunately, the way the factors are structured, um, putting it off opens you up to being responsible for some, if not all of the college contribution. Hmm. Um, and, and for example, I had a cl client, they were married, had kids in the mid nineties. Their agreement just said both parties are responsible and it would be based off their percentage share when they, child attends college. Yeah. In 1999, college was $10,000. In 2019, college was, is what, dollars $50,000? Yeah. Um, making that type of commitment up front, um, I don't, I, I don't invite us to do it. I try to say, let's, let's put in the agreement what you're willing to contribute. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of the first issue I normally deal with is when the children are so young, clients don't want to press the issue because they want to make it as quick, peaceful, cost efficient as possible. And they don't want to deal with the hypotheticals. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's a big decision. And I know it's in Missouri, for example, uh, the courts aren't requiring you to do it right away. It is, you know, someone can come back and modify, you know, if you specifically or particularly if you have young kids, but I think you're right that, you know, there's a lot of decision-making. It's, you know, you got to understand what your income is or your income going to go down. Maybe you're responsible for more than 50%. I mean, a lot of cases here in Missouri, you see just 50-50. But I guess the question for Jersey is, do they limit it? Like here in Missouri, you get in-state tuition for uh, eight semesters. Is that what it is in New Jersey? So in New Jersey, um, it, it's kind of a, a, a multi-layered um, analysis. 
So the courts in New Jersey have required children to be responsible for a share. So if the child's work and they may be responsible for five, 10%. Um, in terms of how long that obligation is going to last, whether it's eight semesters, 12 semesters, 14 semesters, it's, it's kind of fact sensitive. Um, I know there's, there's uh, two cases that come to, uh, come to my mind that the, the parties were required to contribute to graduate school. So that mm -hmm. even expanded post undergrad. Um, wow. The two of the factors also, they consider the party's ability to pay and the child's ability to pay. And, and one of my frustrations with those two factors is the party's ability to pay is always going to be greater than the child's ability to pay. Parties are working full-time or have the ability to work full-time, children don't. So in New Jersey, um, the, the percentage base, uh, deciding the percentages for each party's share, it's not always 50-50. Um, in New Jersey, we have child support guidelines, which to uh, display each party's percentage share of the income. For example, if their combined income is 100,000, one party earns 70, the other party earns 30, mm -hmm. normally courts are prone to say, okay, you're responsible for 70%, the other party is responsible for 30% because your incomes represent that share. Mm -hmm. um, in college, that's not always definitive because there's other factors that go into it that child support doesn't calculate. Right. And, you know, it's, it, it's interesting with the uh, the mention that kids are responsible for a percentage. I think that's huge. Missouri, you just wouldn't see that. Uh, you just typically see the parents are responsible. I think that's, that's just a huge addition. There are certain responsibilities. And I think overall, when we think about young kids, what, I, what comes to mind is, like we say with everything, guys, have a conversation. Don't let this be a surprise. I mean, you're halfway through the case or all the way near the end, and all of a sudden you hear something that suggests, hey, I got to pay college costs. I mean, it is a conversation. It's also a negotiation. You know, you want to start thinking about, I can tell you in Missouri, we've delayed that decision for a number of reasons. We felt our client's income was at its peak. It was only going to go down as they approached retirement age, even when the kids were in college. So it made more sense to wait. Even in the toughest of times, there are usually opportunities for relief. Many husbands and dads listening now are struggling to stay current on alimony and child support orders. You should know that this crisis may allow you to modify your support obligations, but time is of the essence. If you're a guy needing help right now, not someday when things are back to normal, call us at Cordell & Cordell. This is what we do. I mean, these are the, the questions you want to have, but I'm really curious about the contribution. Maybe just talk real briefly, what is it that the court looks at for the child's contribution to school? So it kind of gets factored into the parents factors as well, but if the child is able to work, um, normally if they're in school full time, at least in New Jersey, in my experience, they're saying, okay, the child can work 10 to 20 hours at a minimum wage job that's 200 to $400 a week, depending on um, taxes and all, and all the other financial information. So they may say, okay, well, if the child's able to earn $1,000 a month, they should contribute $500 a month to their college costs. And over a 12 year period, that's, it could be five or $10,000 depending on how much they're earning. So the court may say, okay, if your tuition's 40,000, we're gonna take 5,000 off the top and say that's the child's share. And the remaining 35, they could say, okay, now that's up to the parent. So they, they do require the children to have some stake in the game, but that, I will be honest, that that is kind of the minority of cases I've seen. Normally it's yeah. where the parents are responsible because like I said, two of the factors are, who has a better ability to pay? What's the party's financial abilities? What's the child's? And I've never seen a case where the child's out earning their parents when they're in college. 
Right. You know, the interesting thing, and I want to talk about whether you can bargain away um, your obligation in, in New Jersey. For example, Missouri, if both parents don't raise the issue, uh, you can enter in a divorce and not reference it whatsoever. And perhaps the parents just don't do anything throughout the child's minority, meaning, you know, until they reach the age of emancipation. So it is possible, East Missouri, that guys can go and never be obligated to pay, which I think is really interesting because sometimes we don't raise the issue or sometimes we do. We just know what's going to happen in the future, where the child is. And there's all kinds of factors I want to talk about in a minute. But um, can you, in Jersey, can you negotiate your way with maybe more property to get out of the college education expenses if that's an issue? So under the case law, you can't. I've seen cases and I've had cases where they do. A party will say, I'm going to waive my alimony right, but you know, you're responsible mm -hmm. for college contribution. Um, I, I'm always strongly against that. And if a client wants to do that, I have numerous conversations, numerous letters, making sure they understand because child support or college contribution in Jersey is similar to child support. It's the right of the child. Can't bargain away something that's not technically your right. And there's uh, two well-known cases in New Jersey. I believe one made it up to the Supreme Court level where the child sued their parents because their parents were like, nope, we agree not to pay or we don't want to pay. Um, and the court said, no, you have an obligation. And one of the cases where the party said, I'm going to bargain my right away um, wow. and, and get a gain in other areas in equal distribution. And the court said, no, you can't. That's the right of the child. Mom and dad can't bargain, bargain away the right of the child. And, and that presents issues just in equal distribution generally in divorce because a party can come to us 20 years after the divorce and say, I waived alimony so I didn't have to pay or college contribution. And now I'm paying college contribution and I never got alimony. Yeah. And, and now they're basically at a lot worse of a position than they would have been if they just would have went with the standard, take the alimony and pay a college contribution. Yeah. And some of it you can't go back on. So, you know, in Missouri, there's very you know, interesting rules about what I call breaks in service. You take a gap year, whatever it may be. What are the gap year rules? Can they go into graduate school? And I know you mentioned that briefly, which Missouri, you just wouldn't see. You have an agent of emancipation and you're out, uh, absent some sort of uh, diagnosable, verifiable disability. Uh, it's over when it's over. And then the other rules, too. But what about um, New Jersey? So in terms of the taking a year off in New Jersey, clients come to me all the time and say, hey, my child's emancipated, they stopped going to high school. Well, unfortunately, that's also fact sensitive. And there's case law that says, even if they take a, a six month break, a year break, you may still be obligated. And, and, and there's some judges who say, look, kids are encouraged to take a six month break, take a year break, go work, see what you're really interested in before you make that $80,000 commitment to yeah. incur those, because most freshmen don't know what they want to do. And if they do, they may change. So that year uh, hiatus from school, you could still be obligated to pick up your uh, college contribution when they return. And in regards to the graduate school, um, I know normally in New Jersey, the cutoff is that 22-23. So when they graduate undergrad, the child is deemed emancipated. But where it also becomes fact sensitive is, depending on what the parties earning ability are, their assets, um, how much money they make, all those other fact-sensitive questions, they could say, look, you're in a position to help and you're going to help. And I know there's one uh, case in New Jersey where they were required to pay the graduate school post uh, 23. I, I don't think mm -hmm. it's frequent. I don't think it happens a lot, but it's it just something where because of the factors, if it's not clearly stated, you leave yourself exposed. Yeah. You know, in Missouri, their obligation for the child to continue to provide 
uh, the grade reports every semester in order to be eligible. Is that something that's required in New Jersey? So that is something. So the technically that'd be the non-custodial parent because if they're not in the house, they're not apprised. If if a custodial parent or the child is expecting the non-custodial parent um, to contribute to college, they need to be apprised of grades, class schedule, are they enrolled full time, um, all that information. And if the child doesn't want to doesn't want to provide it or the is really that obligation is on the child because parents aren't privy to the that information once the child gets over 18. The non-custodial parent then does have a potential argument of I'm not contributing to something I'm not involved in. And one of the factors in the uh, child and the college contribution is the relationship between the parent and the child. And the relationship's not there, that could also drive down what your responsibility is. Yeah. There's so many I really this topic I think is of interest because it's and we won't talk about the, the, the factors that go on, because for me, at least in Missouri, once you get college educational costs uh, apportioned and they actually go to school, now we have a child support question. Does full child support continue? You know, what's going on? You're already kind of paying the room and board for a child that maybe goes away. So now you're doubling it up. And it really raises all these issues that I think that should be explored. And I think one of the reasons we do these podcasts is to create these these talking points for you, for guys that are listening right now, you know, you may be going through it, or maybe you, that issue hasn't come up, you're post-divorce and it may come up. You want to start thinking about what affects and what moves, what strategic things you need to be doing to minimize kind of your financial exposure here. And I think this is great. So Anthony, this is a great topic. I know you and I could go on for an hour. I love it. I think it's an amazing topic. There's so many ways we can go in this direction with guys and give them things to, to kind of negotiate. Uh, but it is one of those unknowns, you know, it's, I can tell you guys repeatedly come in and I, and I will drop that bomb. Hey, college costs. And like, what do you mean college costs? And I imagine that's kind of your experience as well. Yes, it is. And whether it's pre-divorce when they're like, I don't, I'm not obligated for that or post-divorce where they didn't discuss it at the divorce. And they're like, I, I would have clarified what my obligation should have been. And, and it comes up all the time in my cases. Yeah. Well, Andy, thanks for joining and filling guys in on this topic. It's a good one. We'll probably revisit it. I think it's worth a virtual town hall to spend some significant time because it's a big, big exposure out there for guys. So thanks for joining today. Thanks for having me. Well, continue to tune in just like this. We're going to bring you great information, uh, good t uh, speaking points for you to go get to a lawyer. And remember, as I always said, find a lawyer that practices exclusively in family law like we do at Cordell Cordell. Find out more information. Uh, you can schedule consultation via Zoom, in person, whatever is comfortable for you. Uh, we can make it available. 866-DADS-LAW or go to the web, cordellcordell.com. Until next time, have a great week.